Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. I'm still recovering from pouring out the oil. I don't know about you, but you can be seated. We're going into the word of God today. We, let's give it up for the worship team, for the praise and worship team. Hallelujah. Wow. My wife and I, we said to each other, if only we would be here just to enjoy with you, it would be fine. But it's such an honor to share the word of God with you, as it always is, but especially to be here to, as a guest today. We know your pastors. Many of you, we have met on the streets. You came to Utrecht for the Safe Crusade. Thank you so much. We had a wonderful time there. Last year in the rain in the, in the mall and uh, the last time now on the streets. And we're very grateful for this church and for this ministry. And I just want to ask you to give it up for your pastors, Pastor John and Grace. We love you. You're the best. Hallelujah. We're thankful for you that you're here in the Netherlands as a gift of God. Hallelujah. 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 You know how to give it up. <laughs> And we're very grateful this last January, Pastor John and Grace were in our midst. We're the pastors of God Center in Utrecht. Also, just like you started the church in COVID time, which is a great time to start a church. Amen. Going against everything, what's in the world, everything that the devil has planned for evil, God will turn it around. Amen. And uh, we're very grateful for what the Lord is doing. And we see this divine connection. You know, the Lord is preparing an end time harvest. Maximum impact, right? Soul winning, right? And we all, you know, the beautiful thing is when, when the, Jesus said to his disciples to throw the nets out on the other side. You know the story, right? And they took in such a, a great fish load. They needed everyone there to get in the fish. And this is what the Lord is going to do in the Netherlands, in Europe, in the world. That we need to work together. We need to come together to get in the harvest, get in the fish that God wants to bring in and bring them in the boat, bring them in the kingdom of God, bring them in the house of God. Amen. And you know what's so beautiful about this? Because I believe the nets, you know, when you see the nets, if there would be one tiny cord would be weak, it would break under the load of the fish, under the load of the harvest. And then the harvest would be gone. It would be wasted. And I, I believe these nets speak about our connection with each other. The love that we have for one another. The Lord Jesus said in John 17 verse 3, he said, From the love that you have for one another, the people will know that you are my disciples. You know, we can follow the Lord, love him with all our heart. But he says, if we do that, the natural outflow will be that we love one another. That you love your brothers and your sisters. So I want to encourage you not only to come here to enjoy everything that God is doing, the wonderful praise and worship, the prayer, the atmosphere. You know, it's really an experience. I understand why you call it a Sunday experience. <laughs> it's life-changing. I was thinking if I would bring my Dutch granny, 90 years old, from the Dutch Reformed Church, I would bring her here. She would definitely have an experience. <laughs> but if that's... You know, it's a good thing to come with, with that attitude, you know, to first of all seek the Lord and encounter His presence. But it's so important for us to fellowship together, to get to know one another, to have that love for one another. And that it takes time, it takes effort, it takes a heart intention to do that, right? 
So I want to encourage you to do that. And I was thinking while we were worshiping, I, I received a thought and I just want to share it with you before we go to the Word of God. I studied business administration before I became a pastor. And one of the things I learned there is in marketing, you have the five Ps. Anyone know them? Yes, the marketing principles. You have, to, you have to have those five Ps and then, you know, you can have a good business. And while I was standing there, I was thinking about the church and how we have five Ps as well. The first P is prayer. There is prayer in this place. We prayed in the back. I think there's a, a sound board or whatever because it was exploding right in there. The second P is praise. There's praise in this place. Amen. If you praise, you will be raised. Hallelujah. The third P is preaching. The preaching of the word of God. Today you have to do it with me. But I know every week you have a solid word right here. The preaching of the word of God. And these three P's combined make sure that the presence of God is in the place. The fourth P. And when the presence of God comes, the five P comes. The power of God. Because God is all powerful. And when he comes in the place, he comes with his power. Why? Because he loves people. When you have the five Ps, the people will be drawn. And that's what you see manifesting in this place. The people will be drawn. But I, I, I received the thought of the Lord and it said that there needs to be a seventh P as well. And that's purity. The Lord said to me, if this church wants to have maximum impact, you need to invest in purity. Because you can preach, you can pray, you can praise. The power and the presence of the Lord can be in the place. But when you leave this place, how do you walk with the Lord? And that's the word of God says clearly that he sees everything. And we don't have to be afraid of that because he loves us. Despite everything that we do wrong, we can go to him and receive forgiveness for our sins. But he wants us to be transformed to his image. To walk in purity. The word of God says, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. Nothing can supersede a pure heart. You know, you can, you can fake it till you make it. The Bible says, man, look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I want to speak to your heart today from the word of God. We're going to speak from this theme you are dealing with, the mind of Christ. And I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First, read in Jesus' name. Yes, verse 9 and 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse, verse 9 to 10. And I read in Jesus' name. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. And then this, this one sentence, only the first half, from verse 10, please. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, sister. It says, I want to teach a little bit to you. It says, what no eye has seen. The eye speaks of vision. What you see, what is a reality for you. What no eye has seen. And then later on it says... These are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So it is greater than your vision. You may have a great vision for your life. But what God has prepared for those who love him is greater than your vision. 
is greater than your circumstances that you can see right now. It is greater than you even can imagine. It's what we'll see right now. The second thing is what no ear has heard. What does the ear stand for? When it speaks in the word of God, it says faith comes by hearing. Amen. You know the word of God. So the ear represents your faith. You can have great faith, but you cannot even comprehend. You cannot believe to the level that God has prepared for those who love him. The third thing is what no human mind has conceived. You cannot even think about the greatness and the goodness that God has in store for you. Is that good news or not? God has so many big plans and thoughts toward us. It supersedes our natural mind. We cannot, we cannot conceive it with our mind. We need to receive it with our heart. Amen. In the Nederlands zeg je, je kan het niet begrijpen met je verstand. Je moet het grijpen met je hart. Halleluja. It takes an attitude to say whatever you have for me, I will take it. You know, my wife, you would not believe it, but she's a very shy and timid girl. She was fearing and trembling stepping onto this stage. But when you know the plan and the purpose that God has for you, you know it is not what I have conceived in my natural mind. It is not my natural talents. It's not my natural abilities. It's the supernatural anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he will qualify you to do his work. It's so much greater than we can think or imagine. The Bible says, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us, the Holy Spirit. It is immeasurably more than we can ask. So it is even greater than your prayer life. I know there are prayer warriors in this room. But whatever God has in store for you is greater than you can pray. You can ask. The Bible says, the Lord says you do not have because you do not ask. You can ask a lot, but God is a giver. He wants to outgive you. You cannot give more than he wants to give you. You give your heart, you offer it in prayer and praise unto the Lord. And the Lord just keeps pouring out His presence, keeps pouring out His goodness on your life. It's so much more than we can think or imagine. God is even bigger. It's more than we imagine. It's bigger than our thought life. You know, the, the scientists say that our, the, the capacity that we use of our brain is like maximum 10%. We give a tithe of what, we, what of our capacity is in our thinking. And to think about that, that's the human mind. But to think about how much greater God is and his thoughts are. His word says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Amen. So we can think, okay, if, if God has all these great things for us, how can we possibly get to know that or receive that? And that's why the word of God says what we just read in verse 10. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is God's communication channel. He sits there. The word goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And it says, you know, like a human spirit searches the heart of the man. So the Spirit of God searches his heart. The deep things. And he reveals them unto us. And it goes on and it says he teaches us. Not with human words. But he teaches us with spiritual things. I look back the, 
the message on the sacred oil and the, the apostles spoke about 1 John chapter 2 verse 27 where it says that you do not need a man to teach you because the Holy Spirit, the anointing that is on you and in you will teach you on all things. And you know, so many times we look at our pastors, we look at our leaders, we look at people and we look for guidance and we look for, we look for encouragement and we look for, to be built up. But first and foremost, we need to look to the Holy Ghost. We need to look at the Holy Spirit. His name is Helper. He is there to help us. We cannot do it in our own strength. And he knows that at front. So he says, I will give you my spirit. And he, when you're weak, you can say you, you are strong because of his spirit living in you. You are drinking from a well that is immeasurable. That you cannot dry up. It just keeps flowing. His power, his strength, his joy. The wells of our salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want, to sh I want to speak to you today about the, the importance of revelation. You know, I have experienced in my life, I came to Christ when I was 16 years old. I was raised as, you could say, a Christian. I was always being dragged to church. Are some uh, church kids here today? Only the front row. <laughs> That's a good sign. <laughs> There's a lot of new people. <laughs> Hallelujah. But my dad always used to say, just as you do not become a hamburger by coming to McDonald's, you, know, you do not become a Christian by going to church. Amen. The brother said it at the beginning of the service. The example of Peter. You need to have a personal revelation of who Jesus Christ is. He asked them. He was testing them. What do the people say that I am? What does religion say that I am? What does philosophy say that I am? What do other people around you say that I am? But then he said, who do you say that I am? And that's a question we all need to answer. Who is Jesus for you personally? He can be a great teacher. He can be a great help. You can run to him when you're in need. Or is he your best friend? The love of your life. Is he your Lord and Savior? Amen. So I want to speak to you about the importance of revelation. First of all, Revelation will lead to elevation. You're, you're talking about maximum impact. You want to re reach more for Christ. You want to do more for the kingdom of God. Maybe you have personal plans, ideas that the Lord has given you. And you feel like you're reaching a certain level, but you're not breaking through. You need a revelation of who you are in Christ. Because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And so many times... You know, we're speaking about that we have the mind of Christ. But so many times we're still in our limited natural thinking. You know, I can attest to that. Because I was an accountant when the Lord called me. You know what accountants do? They calculate everything. And the Lord said to me, give up your job, give up your business and follow me. And trust that I will provide for you. I said, Lord, I cannot calculate that. He said, but you can count on me. Just one stupid joke and then we'll go to the word of God. You know what they say? They say two things are certain in life. Death and taxes. Paying taxes. Especially in the Netherlands. So first, my profession was to help people evade taxes. And now as a pastor, my job is to people evade death and go into eternal life. Amen. Okay. We go to the word of God. Revelation will lead to elevation. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, 
which is a good place to turn to when we talk about Revelation. Chapter 4, verse 1. You know, the Apostle John is on the Isle of Patmos, and he has a, a vision. And it goes on, and he gets a message. And then in chapter 4, he receives a new vision. And he sees the heaven opened. And he hears a voice, and he says, come up higher. This is what the Lord is saying to his church, to his people today. Come up higher. I want to bring you to another level. I want to reveal to you. He's saying after this, come up higher so that I may show you the things to come. The Bible says in Amos, I believe chapter 8, that God does nothing on the earth without revealing it to his sons, the prophets. And this is something that's available for all of us. If we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we have the gift of prophecy. We can, you know, the Lord wants to reveal to us his purpose, his mind, the things that he's doing in our lives and he's doing in the earth today. And we need to receive that by faith. But the Lord is calling us to a higher place of intimacy. He says, come up higher. Come up higher. Leave these earthly things. Leave these worries that you have and come closer to me. I want you to fix your attention on me, not on the things around you and everything, all the turmoil in your personal life, all the turmoil going on in the world around you. But I want to have you right next to me so that I can show you how I'm looking at things. Not from your natural perspective, but from my perspective, says the Lord. And you know what the Lord reveals to him in, in Revelation chapter 4? The first thing that he sees is the Lord Jesus sitting on the throne. So it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter where you're going through. The Lord wants to reveal to you. He's calling you to come up higher, to gaze upon Him, to put your eyes on Him, to ascend the hill of the Lord, to spend time in His presence so that He can show you His perspective on things. You know, when we're here on the downside, we're looking up and we're saying, wow, what a giant hill in front of me. It's immovable. It's unshakable. How can I go through that? But if we go up higher and we look from the Lord's perspective, the Lord says, all things are under my feet. Amen. And we are seated with him in heavenly places. So we can say with him, whatever is coming in my way, whatever is standing in between what the Lord has for me right now, I can say and I can test it has to submit. It has to bow. It has to be cleared out of the way. Hallelujah. Make the way of the Lord. You can prophesy into your own life. Whatever is coming against me, it has to bow in Jesus' name. The Lord wants to elevate us. You know, I believe in the time that we live in that God, the Bible says that the mountain of the Lord will be the highest of all the kingdoms on the earth. And all the people will flow to it. That there will be a confusion on the earth. That there will be so many things going on. People are running around not knowing what to do. But they see there up high the mountain of the Lord. They see the people of God standing firmly and strongly built on the word of God. Built their life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And they know what the Lord said. That he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. I say to you today, do not worry and do not tremble. Because darkness will cover the earth, but his glory, his light will be sheen over his bride, over his people. But once again, it is important that you walk in the light. That you walk in purity. That you walk with the Lord personally. What if today the government shut down all churches? How would your relationship with the Lord be? If you couldn't come here, couldn't gather with other disciples have a place of worship how would your relationship with the Lord be 
Would it sustain through the years and through all things that may come? Or will you fall away? Today is reflection time. You know, once again, we can dance and sing, we can shout. But God looks at the heart. And he wants to build us strong. He wants to give us a revelation of who he is. You know, so many times our thinking is at such a low level. We know we have the mind of Christ, but many times we have what they call stinking thinking. Can I say that in church? Yes? Okay, okay. I found a definition of stinking thinking. It's, really, it's in the Cambridge Dictionary. Yeah. So I need to re read it in proper English. A bad way of thinking that makes you believe you will feel that bad things will happen to you or that you are not a very good person. That's thinking thinking. I don't know about you, but when I came to the Lord, I had a lot of stinking thinking. I was insecure, low self-esteem, didn't think much about myself, didn't, couldn't see what the Lord would see in me. But he said to me, I want to use you for my glory. And then it's important to receive the revelation of what the Lord wants to do for you. But first of all, to build a solid identity of who you are in him. You know, before the Lord Jesus did anything, the Lord, when he got baptized, immersed in the water, he came out. And the voice of the Lord came out of the earth and said, it's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit came upon him. He didn't do one thing. You know, so many times we build our, our identity on the things we do. Or the things we have. Or what other people say about us. But we need to build our identity on what God says about us. On the love of God for us. That is a solid foundation to all things. And the love of God, Romans 5, chapter 5, verse 5 says, The love of God is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You know, when we talk about revelation, the, the greatest and the first revelation that the Lord gives to you is His love. Because it's so unnatural to us that we as a sinners, we as people who are not living how we should, that He loves us. Despite all these things, despite all our failures, all our weakness, He loves us. And once you receive that revelation, it's like the oil being poured out on you. You know, it begins on the head. But it needs to flow down to your heart. So many times, you know, we, we receive, you know, we believe, yes, the Lord loves me. Yes, of course, yeah, we know that. You know, you can say it a hundred times. It's my frustration as a pastor. You can tell people a hundred times a thing. But if the Lord does not reveal it to them personally, it does not get into here. You know, the Lord doesn't want to give us information which speaks to our head. He wants to give us revelation which speaks to our heart. And whenever you get a revelation of the Spirit, you get a revolution in your heart. Whenever the Lord starts speaking about who you are, there's something happening in you. His words bring life. His words bring faith. There's something in you. You cannot be talking about me. You say you see a warrior in me. You see a giant of faith in me. Me? That's what Gideon said. Me? I'm the smallest of all the tribes. He said, go because I'm with you. It has nothing to do with us. You know that insecurity is pride? You know pride has two sides. Pride, like look at who I am. Look at all the things that I can do, man. I'm the big, I'm the big deal. And the other side of pride is insecurity. Oh, man, I can't do nothing. I'm, I'm just a waste of people's time and energy. You know what the problem is? In both uh, situations, the focus is on you. What you can or cannot do. 
I have news for you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. He's not concerned about what you can or cannot do. He's concerned about your heart. If you're willing to allow him to do a work in you. And if he does, he will naturally do a work through you. Whatever he does in you, he will, go and he will be doing through you. But you need to let him go and work deep into your heart. You know, I said about, I was dealing with these, this, this thinking, thinking. And one day I was praying. You know, if we want revelation, because many times, you know, we want to have the Lord speaking to us and all these things. But it, revelation requir requires consecration. You know, the Apostle John was on the Isle of Patmos. He was banned there, but he was there. And he was wrapped up in the Spirit. I believe he was there praying, seeking the Lord. And then he got that revelation. But if we want revelation, it requires of us to seek the Lord, to seek his face, to, you know, really put him in the first place of our lives. We can say, you know, yeah, whatever the Lord says is most important for me. Well, if I look at your time, can I, does that reflect that? If I look at your money, does that reflect that? If I look at your Instagram, YouTube, whatever account, does that reflect that? But we're not going there. <laughs> the Lord revealed to me. I was, you know, talking with the Lord, and he re revealed to me my stinking thinking. I saw myself, and you know, it's, it's kind of uh, confront confronting to have that, but, but the Lord has the best for us. You know, he, he shows us things because he loves us and wants us to be better. So what I saw is I saw myself as a beggar with a beard, you know, not washed, with stinking clothes, just walking like this. And the Lord said, that's how you look, you look at yourself. And then something happened in that image. It, it touched me, of course. And then the Lord showed me. He came to me. He took these clothes away from me. He clothed me in robes of righteousness. And it, it, it was an instant I was transformed, a new person. And he put a crown on my head. He said, you're not a beggar. You don't have to go around life begging for attention, begging for whatever. You are here to rule and reign with me. This is how I regard you. You are highly favored. You are royalty. Amen. I know a good song about that. I love it. But God wants to reveal his heart toward us. Because revelation will lead to transformation. You know the Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2. That we have to be renewed by in our mind. We have to be transformed, how? By the renewing of our mind. And how is our mind renewed? It's through revelation. You know, it's through the Spirit opening up His thoughts toward us. And showing us what truth is. Because so many times we believe the lies. And they keep us in bondage. They keep us in captivity. They keep us from living in the fullness of all that God has for us. But the Lord Jesus said, if you know the truth. That means if you have a personal knowledge of truth the truth will set you free and that's why revelation is so important that you will have a personal knowledge of that what God says about you and at the end revelation requires relationship you know relationship there's many things I want to say but I want to keep it short the 
relationship is all based on intimacy. You know, if you break down the word intimacy, it is into me, see. You know, the Lord wants intimacy with us. You know what he does? He says, into me, see. See into me. See into me. See into my heart. See into my mind. See into all that I have for you. He wants to reveal his heart, his nature toward us. But I have discovered that relationship, but also revelation is a two-way street. You know, the Lord does not only want to reveal himself to us, but he also asks of us to reveal ourselves to him. One day the Lord said to me, I cannot heal what you will not reveal. God can not heal what you will not deal. So many people you're walking around with stinking thinking, but you're afraid to share it. It's just like Adam and Eve. The moment they sinned, what did they do? They hide from the presence of the Lord. And they, they covered themselves. They hid their nakedness for the Lord. They were ashamed. They were full of guilt. And that will always bring condemnation and draw you away from the presence of the Lord. But you know what did the Lord do? We all know. He came to seek them. That's what his heart is. He, he knows already the things that we have done, but he's seeking us. He's drawing us out of that pit of guilt and condemnation and drawing us to himself. And what did he say to them? He says, because he, he, you know, he was talking with them, why are you hidden? And they said, we became aware that we are naked. And then he said to them this statement. He said, who told you that? Who told you that? You know, all those thinking, thinking that we have in our life is because we have heard something that someone else has said or that we have said to ourselves and that we have placed above, above what God has said about us. And that's what we have begun to believe. And it's brought us away from the presence of the Lord. It's brought us into shame and condemnation. We have, you know, become expert in hiding ourselves and covering ourselves up. You know, even in church, you put on your best suit, you put on your smile, here we go. We're in praise mode. But you're suffering in silence. The Lord wants to reveal himself to you. But he requires you to reveal yourself to him. To come with an open and a broken heart. The word of God says he will not reject a broken or a contrite spirit. That means someone who knows I'm a broken person. I need a savior. I need the whole, I need the healer. I need him to make me whole. You know, whenever there, when there's a problem with your, gar, with your car, where do you go? Back to the garage. When there's a problem with your heart, where do you go? Back to the Lord. He's the healer of the brokenhearted. Maybe this message is a bit different than what you normally have or what you expect. But I believe this is the word of the Lord for us today. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to elevate us, to bring us into his mind, to see from his perspective. But he requires relationship. He requires, he asks of us to also trust him and to open our hearts to him, to show also our hearts to him. Intimacy, not only seeing into him, but into me, see, Lord. See into me, Lord. This is what David said. See into me if there's not a way that is wrong in my, in my heart. This is the heart and attitude that we need to have. You know, once again, as I started, we can fool ourselves and we can go on. But God has the best intentions for us. He loves us. He wants to heal us. He does not condemn us. He stands with his arms wide open. 
Just as we see with the lost son, he's standing there waiting. He's on the outlook. Oh, is he coming already? Is she coming already? I'm waiting. I have the best clothes ready. I have the dinner party ready. I want to welcome you in. I want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you all the good things that I have for you. And, you know, we start about all the things that's wrong. And he says, hush, hush. Don't worry about it. I already know. But I pay the price for you. Amen. Amen. I want to pray with you. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Father, I thank you that you're here in this place. Father, I thank you for your spirit who reveals your heart, your mind to us. I thank you, Lord, that the biggest revelation that we can have is who Jesus Christ is. This is something that we cannot conceive or perceive with our natural mind. It's received through your Holy Spirit, through the conviction of our sin, but also that we know that you are the Savior, that you are the solution. And I pray right now for every person that's here who does not have a relationship with you, who does not know you intimately, who does not know you as their Lord and Savior, who is maybe hiding and ashamed and covering themselves up. The Lord, you are calling them today to yourself. You are restoring them in a relationship with you. And if you are here today and you say, yes, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to have that personal relationship with him. Maybe just like me, you were brought up in church and you know all the stories, but you do not have that personal walk with the Lord. The Lord wants to show you today how much he loves you and what great plans that he has for you. And he's drawing you closer to himself. He says, do not worry about the things that will happen once you make this decision to follow me. Because many times the devil attacks us with lies and tells us all the things that we will miss and all the things that we will not have once we become followers of Jesus Christ. But the Lord says, if you will follow me, I will give you eternal life. Not only when you die, but right now I will give you eternal life. I give you another quality of life. The best life that you can have. Fullness of life flowing over, full of joy, full of peace, full of his glory. The sins of this world do not longer attract you because you know I have tasted of the goodness of the Lord. If that's you today and you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, I want to ask you just quickly, raise up your hand if you're here. Maybe you're seated or standing, doesn't matter where you are. If you're here today and you want to make a decision to follow Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you want a living relationship with him, just raise up your hand real quickly. Yes, thank you. I believe there are more. If you raise your hand, I want to ask you just to stand for a moment. Just make a stand. And also if you're here today and maybe you already know the Lord. You know what I've talked about. You know the love of God, but you have walked away from it. You're just like the prodigal son. You turn to the world. You, thought your, you sought your desires and fulfillment in the world, but it has left you empty. Today the Lord is calling you back home. He's calling you to himself and he's asking you, come back, son. Come back. Come back. I do not condemn you, but I ask you to come. Make a stand and return to me. If that's you today, I want to ask you to raise your hand as well. Yes, I see your hand in the back. Everyone that raised their hand, I want to ask you just to make a stand right now. I want to pray with you and for you. Everyone that raised their hand, just right now. If you're in the first category or, category or the second category, it doesn't matter. The Lord sees your heart. You don't have to do it for people. You do it for the Lord. He knows you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're dealing with. And he's calling you to himself. 
Everyone that made a stand, I just want to ask you kindly to come to the front. I want to pray with you and for you. If you can just get out of your aisle and come to the front. Let's give them a hand while they come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.